going to read from Isaiah 61. Wait for you to... uh... What I love about this place is you actually use Bibles. You don't see everybody go and get their iPad out and look it up. So it's great. We're still in the old-fashioned way of books and paper. A few phones, but it's good. I remember preaching somewhere once and... uh, They had this ingenious idea of having Bibles, which was great. But as the preacher, you had to give out the page number. And they put this big notice at the bottom of the lectern so you couldn't forget. But by the time you'd put your things down, you couldn't see that, could you? So I'd often get told off for not giving out the page number. I could give you my page number, but it wouldn't mean a jot. Okay, so we're reading from verse 1. We may run slightly over 12 o'clock, so forgiveness may be needed. All right, okay, well I'll, I'll certainly be finished well in advance of that. But you see, in my current state of mind and thinking, I don't know how much the Lord has given me here to portray. It could be a lot, It could be a little, but believe me, I feel the Lord has given me a message for you and for me, and I don't know what length that will be. So forgiveness is all around. Okay, so the year of the Lord's favour, we could all do with some of that, couldn't we? It says, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour and the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all who mourn and provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. They will rebuild the ancient ruins and restore the places long devastated. They will renew the ruined cities and that have been devastated for generations. Aliens will shepherd your flocks. Foreigners will work in your fields and vineyards. And you will be called priests of the Lord. You will be named ministers of our God. You will feed on the wealth of nations. And in their riches you will boast. Instead of their shame, my people will receive double portion. Amen. 
for somebody who's on a diet at the moment, double portion would be great. But a double portion of low-fat cottage cheese is not that exciting, is it? But a double portion of the Lord is what we need. And instead of disgrace, they will rejoice in their inheritance. And so they will inherit a double portion in their land and everlasting joy will be theirs. For I, the Lord, love justice. I hate robbery and iniquity. In my faithfulness, I will reward them and make an everlasting covenant with them. Their descendants will be known among the nations and their offspring among the peoples. All who see them will acknowledge that they are a people the Lord has blessed. I delight greatly in the Lord. My soul rejoices in my God, for he has clothed me with garments of salvation and arrayed me in a robe of righteousness. As a bridegroom adorns his head like a priest, and as a bride adorns herself with jewels. For as the soil makes the young plant come up, and a garden causes a seed to grow, so the sovereign Lord will make righteousness and praise spring up before all nations. I pray that God would add a blessing to the reading of his word and our hearts and our ears will be big and open to receive from him. Isaiah records these words well in advance of the coming of Jesus but we know that Jesus utters these words in Luke's gospel but we'll get to that in a moment but take some courage and encouragement from this that these words are speaking to us as much as they were to the hearers in the day they were read out before. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon us. He has anointed us. That means he's equipped us. He's given us everything we need to do the things he wants us to do. Stay calm and carry on is a slogan that everybody's throwing around at the moment. And amongst the chaos, we need to remember that we need to stay calm, but rely on our God to give us peace and comfort when we're in a time of mourning. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted. There's much need in the world. Many people are broken and in despair and we all have a part to play in helping others that are not so fortunate as ourselves. To proclaim freedom for the captives. Now freedom here is not speaking about um, a prison and being released from a prison but it's talking about spiritual freedom. We have a good message to share with others 
and we need to be sharing that so they can be released from the captivity of their thoughts and released into the love of God and all that he has for them. To proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. Now I meant to bring with me, I have a ram's horn at home. And it was bought for me when I led a tour to Israel of some Christians. And uh, they bought me as a gift a ram's horn. It was quite interesting walking through customs, uh, both in Israel and in the UK with this ram's horn because it obviously wouldn't go in a suitcase because it's about this long with curves. But the reason I wanted to bring it and I forgot, not the reason I forgot, but is the here we're talking about the year of the Lord's favour and this is the year of Jubilee. How many of us have a mortgage? Richard has a mortgage, Anne has a mortgage. Hudson, and I'm glad you have a mortgage as Hudson does, so that's good. (laughs) Glad you're still living together. Amen. I thankfully don't have a mortgage, but that's only because I inherited, so I don't have a mortgage. But if we think about the year of Jubilee, when we get to the 50th year, your mortgage would be paid up. Everything would be forgotten. Any debt you had is written off. All the slaves that you've had working for you would be released back into the community. If you've lost a house due to repossession, it would be given back to you in the year of Jubilee. Amazing, isn't it? And this is the year of the Lord's favour that's being spoken about here. But then Isaiah goes on to speak about the day of vengeance. And uh, that's speaking about the second coming of Christ But that's well in advance of Jesus' coming. This is talking about the judgment that will come when Jesus comes back a second time. But well in advance of that happening because Jesus hasn't come yet for the first time. And the other bit I want to pull out here um, is that to all who mourn, God's going to give you comfort. And lots of people mourn the loss of something or someone. And God is going to bestow a crown of beauty instead of ashes. He's going to give an oil of gladness instead of mourning. And a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. It's so easy, isn't it? Uh, There's an old hymn from years ago, When all around me is sinking sand. I hold on to Jesus' hand or something. I can't remember the exact words. But you see, you could get caught up in the despair of all that's going on. But we're not meant to do that. We're meant to continually look to our Creator and trust Him for all that is going on. There's so much more that could be said about that passage, but I want to now go to Luke 4. And look at what Jesus said here. So we are in the season of Lent. The Anglican Church, the Catholic Church, 
celebrate Lent. Uh, the, church, the school that Jack goes to, being a Catholic school, they celebrate Lent. We as a free church don't often give Lent much thought. And all Lent is, is a season of the 40 days that Jesus was tempted in the wilderness. And we all get tempted by the things of the world. And sometimes it's easier to take on what the world has to offer than try and follow a Christian faith. It could be easy for the devil to tempt us away in the same way that Jesus was tempted in the wilderness. But where I want to take you to is uh, verse 14. Jesus has been rejected in Nazareth and he has gone in verse 16. He went to Nazareth where he had been brought up and on the Sabbath day he went to the synagogue. Now the Sabbath day here is Saturday, not Sunday as we celebrate. And as was the custom, he stood up to read. The scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it is written, The Spirit of the Lord is on me, because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to release the oppressed and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. He then rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant and sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him and he began by saying to them, today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. All spoke well of him and were amazed at the gracious words that came from his lips. And then the questions began. But you see here, we see Jesus identifying himself as the Messiah, the one that had come to bring all these things to pass. And he reads the words from Isaiah with passion and compassion and with action because this is what Jesus had come to do. He'd come to bring the fulfilment of the words of Isaiah to the people that were listening and to those around and about. He came because he had been anointed by the Father and he came to preach good news. Although many didn't want to listen to the good news he was preaching. If you've seen those preachers that stand on the street corners and in town centres and they stand there with their black Bibles and they tell everybody that they are sinners and they're going to go to hell. Although it's true, if you sin and you don't ask for forgiveness and you don't confess Jesus as Lord, then hell is the place you will go. But it's not the best way to attract people into the church because it puts people off 
But we have good news, and not all the time do people want to listen to the good news. He sent them, he sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight to the blind. Jesus is identifying himself here as a healer. And it was only God that could heal. So he'd set a cat among the pigeons here, in a way, because he's now identifying himself as something more than a person. And he has this power to do these things that only God can do. To release the oppressed. There are many in society that are oppressed with mental illness and sickness and with their own lives and are in despair. But Jesus had come to release them from this oppression and that goes for the world in which we live today and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. And you can imagine the whispering that was going on amongst the people that were gathered there. That here is this man that we'd heard a lot about and he's now telling us that he's the anointed one of God and he's come to bring these things to pass. And did they get what he was saying? Did they understand what he was saying? Some started to question in verse 22, is this Joseph's son? They asked. They began to ask questions. Jesus said to them, surely you will quote the proverb to me, physicians, heal yourself. Do here in your hometown what we have heard that you did in Capernaum. I tell you the truth, he continued, no prophet is accepted in his hometown. See, Jesus was being chased out of Nazareth. I assure you, that there were many widows in Israel in Elijah's time when the sky was shut for three and a half years and there was severe famine throughout the land, yet Elijah was sent, <coughs> was not sent to any of them, but to a widow in Seraphath in the region of Sidon. And there were many in Israel with leprosy. In the name of Elisha, the prophet, yet not one of them was cleansed. And Naban, the Syrian. What Jesus is doing here is reminding them of what they know and telling them these things were going on and nothing happened. All the people in the synagogue were furious. They were really cross now. When they heard this, they got up and drove him out of the town and took him to the brow of the hill on which the town was built in order to throw him off the cliff. But he walked right through the crowd and went on his way. The world doesn't want to listen to good news half the time. It closes its ear to it. 
But Jesus had the same issues. And he was anointed to do the work of God. And he relied on his father to help him in all that he did. But you know the exciting thing is that Jesus said that we would do even more than he did. Can you get your head around that? Jesus did so much, didn't he? He healed the sick, he raised the dead, he cured blind eyes. How much faith do we have for those things? Believe me, I won't be going on the 1st of April to try and raise my mother from the coffin. But we should have the faith to pray for the what seems impossible in the situations in which we find ourselves in. Because it says in scripture, in him, in Christ Jesus, all things are possible for those that believe in Christ Jesus. And we should believe too that we are anointed by him in the same way that God anointed Jesus. We're anointed to do the good things. And the year of the Lord's favour is coming. The year of the Lord's favour is coming. But it's not the 50 years in the same way that they understood it. But the year of the Lord's favour will be when Jesus comes back again and claims each one for his own. So do you have the faith to believe that you're anointed and that you have the power to act in the same way that Jesus did? It takes faith. It takes guts. It takes stamina to step out and be seen as being different. But there's a world that is lost. There are people that are in despair because coronavirus is all around. Everywhere you look, every newspaper you look at, it's all around. Newspapers, media, social media proclaim doom and gloom. But we have the good news, so we should be proclaiming that too. The Lord is with us, and we should not forget it. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for your word that it is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. Help us to remember in today's world in which we live that we are truly anointed. We are equipped. We are given your blessing to act on your behalf as your servants in this land in which we live. Give us boldness to act, Lord. Help us to step out to help our neighbours and show Jesus to them if the time should arise. Father, we thank you that your word is still as true today as it was when it was penned. Help us to hold to the fact that we have a faith that is certain. It has a faith that is true. And help us to remember, Lord, that you love and you care for us. And we pray your blessing on us in Jesus' name. Amen.